Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And on this episode, that's on time for once. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's one of our goals, Isaac. I know. The new year, all that stuff. Which yeah. is funny. Hey, the first episode of 2022. Yes. Were you going to say something other? No, but I kind of got like side tongue tied. Okay. All right. You've been acting silly this whole time before we even started recording. Yeah. Well, oh, because <laughs> no, I came in. I had a banana, and I came in. I was like, "Hello, banana! I need your potassium." <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm hurting now. <laughs> um, not much of a haunted update because we haven't been dealing with much. Yes, not much there. Yeah, we kind of had a like, giant haunted update last last yeah. episode. So yes, so yeah, we really haven't gone on any investigations. Um, hopefully sometime soon, um, there is a place that me and Isaac want to check out that's local that, uh, a couple places. yeah, I've gotten some weird vibes from like yeah. some really weird stuff. Um, I have been checking out anybody that uses ghost tube, um, the app, they actually have a new thing called ghost tube Vox. And I guess it's supposed to be almost like a spirit box situation. Like, I don't know. It's like their version of Necrophonics. Mm. And um, I've gotten some crazy responses. Like, to the point where I was like, okay, whoa, that is way too specific. You know, like, because, like, on GhostTube, you could say, okay, well, you know, it's just like a randomization of, like, words being produced or whatever, you know. Because you know how people are like, oh, it's a ghost app. You know what I mean? But this thing was really Pacific. I, I've had where Necrophonics has been super Pacific, like, to us or to the investigation itself. But this one was pretty, uh, and of course, every single time I get, like, substantial, like, crazy evidence on that one, on that app, it's always file corrupt. Mm. So I can't replay it. So from now on, I'm going to try, um... I'm going to try it on an investigation to see just, like, how legit it is. But, yeah, so anybody out there looking at that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, today's episode is all about um, a woman who uh, had the most scientific study mm-hmm. of the afterlife. Yeah. Amongst that, most people have... Well, there's, a, there's a couple of people who kind of portrayed the same... I would say scientific method, you would say, mm-hmm. but she was, I think she was the first to ever really try it, um, or at least known for it anyway. She wrote a couple of books on it and how it works. I think she had a little bit of a gift to be able to pull that information from people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And a lot of, but yeah, so a lot of things I know from reading and watching TikToks and stuff about her, cause I didn't know her before this episode. But, uh. But of course, we're talking about Dolores Cannon. Yeah. 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 Um, and when I say scientific, I mean in a sense that when we, people study the afterlife, mm-hmm. what most criminal investigators today and how, I said today very weird, today, um, they, they use, uh, tools and instruments and stuff like that to record and to, uh, get evidence, evidence, collect evidence. Mm-hmm. But the evidence is never the same. You can't yeah. get the same reaction from a spirit twice, three times, four times in a sitting. Mm-hmm. And that's why most scientists never really took much effort into studying the paranormal because it's completely random. Yeah. But no, she 
did an experiment with, with over, what, 2,000 people? Oh, no, 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 no. I think it was a lot more. Than that. I think it was, like, over her career, it was, like, 10,000. Yeah. And a high percent in the 90s, 80%, well, 90% of people she uh, hypnotized, correct? Yeah, she basically was a hypnotherapist that specialized specialized in past life regression. Yes. And she would basically put people underneath a, hypnos- a hypnotic state and to talk to the subconscious. And majority of people, like I say, the high percent and 90 percent of people, all gave her the relatively the same answer. Mm-hmm. So, And we'll talk about that, you know, as the episode progresses. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, starting off a little bit about her background, which I thought was interesting. Um, she basically was born in uh, St. Louis, Missouri in 1931, uh, where she lived and grew up with her family until she completed her academic studies in 1947. Uh, she then married her husband, Johnny, in 1951, who was a career uh, U.S. Navy man. Um, she spent the next 21 years traveling all over the world to um, accommodate him on his various overseas assignments. So basically, she was like a Navy wife. And it wasn't until 1968 when some major events basically changed the course of her life forever. And this is all on her website, too. So if you guys want to read more in depth, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase everything. Um, so basically, in the 1960s, Dolores and Johnny were using simple hypnosis for habits like stopping to smoke, lose weight, that kind of thing. Um, Dolores was first introduced to reincarnation in 1968 when she and her husband were asked by one of the doctors at the naval base he was stationed at in Texas to help one of the patients using hypnosis. The woman suffered from nervous eating disorder and was extremely obese had high blood pressure, and suffered from kidney problems. The doctor thought it would be extremely beneficial if hypnosis could be used to help the woman simply relax. Um, Midway through the session, the woman unexpectedly begins describing scenes from a past life where she was a flapper, living in Chicago in the roaring 1920s. Dolores and Johnny watched as the woman literally transformed into a different personality with different vocal patterns and body mannerisms. Uh, despite being highly strange and completely inexplicable, they decided to go with the flow of the session and see what they could find out by exploring. Over the next several months, Dolores and Johnny regressed the woman through five different and distinct lifetimes back to when she was created by God. The entire story of this event is told in the first book Dolores ever wrote, Five Lives Remembered, in 2009. Um... Basically, back when this took place, past life regression was pretty much an unheard of concept. There was no New Age movement yet, and metaphysics was still decades away, and there was no books, instructions, or guides or resources she could use for a case like this. Um, she describes it as a blessing in disguise as it prompted Dolores and Johnny to write their own set of rules developed their own technique without oversight from an established medical body and meant they were not limited or confined in their approach in any way. So um, then it goes on to uh, say that um, basically she took the time to raise her kids and focus on her husband and all that stuff. And once her children had grown and left home to start their own lives, the Lord decided to begin consistently practicing hypnosis again with clients in the late 1970s. 
Um, she lived in a small country town with a very small population, um, which successively attract a diverse range of clients due to her desire to take on any case, regardless of the circumstances. Her early work was heavily focused on reincarnation, which got her acquainted and comfortable with the concept of time travel. Many of her early clients described scenes from past life where they had lived in past decades, past centuries, and even past millennia in a variety of social settings in different locations all over the earth. Uh, she would then spend weeks researching the characteristics of life in the location and time periods her clients had described living in to verify the authenticity of the results she was recording. Um, Dolores would ensure the food they ate, the clothing they wore, the language they spoke, the money they used, the job they described, the social norms they abided by, the entertainment they enjoyed and participated in, the religious philosophies they believed in, and the geographical scenery they described were all typical of what life would have been like in that particular time. Um, it was through uh, vigorous verification processes that Dolores ensured the authenticity of her results. So, um, yeah, so she went the extra mile to make sure that what she was getting from these people were in fact true. So, she, so basically, when she would regress, you know, she'd get all the information and then go back and research and make sure that it added up. Like I said, very scientific way. Yes. About going about afterlife. But what, in a synopsis of what she discovered and what she, um, I guess, learned from everyone, is that there's a soul council, right? Mm-hmm. That essentially is where, I'll say where we come from. But in, in a nutshell, when you die, according to her, what you learned, um, I think we talked about it a little bit before in past yeah. life, that. but when, according to her, what she's learned and everything like that is when you die, your soul goes to a council amongst your spirit guides. Mm-hmm. And you discuss what you learned, what you didn't learn, and what you did you succeed at what you wanted to do. Because the previous life that you didn't live, by the way, this is a heavy reincarnation, um, you, you, you give yourself a, a soul contract or something to achieve. And living on Earth, according to the soul council, and you're at, I guess, the essence of there are other souls in, the, in, the, in existence, is that uh, living on Earth is a uh, like a badge of honor, like mm-hmm. is the ultimate test. Yeah. Like, because apparently we can live on other planets and live other lives, alien species and stuff like that. But being a human living on Earth, that is the ultimate test. That is the ultimate. The hardest. The hardest world. level you can do. Yeah. Um. So when you go to Earth, you can choose, oh, uh, I'll, I'll join this rich family. I'll be born as a, a kid with a silver spoon in my mouth. But are you going to learn anything? You're, you're going to be spoiled. You might become an asshole. You know, stuff like that. And then you, you die and you come back and like, did you do anything right? Like, Damn it. No, I didn't. I, can I go back again? Or like, yeah, yeah, you try, you try again. It's like, oh, this is how I want to be poor. I want to, I want to learn how you know, the, the, the value stuff and stuff like that. And maybe you suffered and maybe you grew into a bad life and then you had to learn that and you come back again and like, man, I, I kind of, can you get like a middle ground? Like you keep basically coming back to learn lessons and gradually evolve your, your, your soul essentially to mm-hmm. understand to become a a better person in the end and essentially like that is what she learned about why people reincarnate and keep coming back and that's why she learned that multiple people mm-hmm. have lived multiple lives over a time period and you basically choose your parents you choose the life you want um, to learn essentially a lesson that needed to be taught or needed to be learned experience essentially mm-hmm. 
And that's the greatest lesson to learn is through experience. So some people who grow up poor learn the value of everything. Yeah. So everything becomes precious to you versus someone who was born rich who can be extremely wasteful. Yeah. Um, and then suffering everything you go through to understand everything that you, you go through and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates like that kind of that life. And people say, well, why did I have to go to cancer? Why did I have to get an experience? It all because you chose to. Yeah. This is according to her. I'm not yeah, yeah. trashing anyone else's religion or at least yeah. your beliefs of the afterlife. But this is what she learned and this is yeah. what she understood. And yeah. there's a quote by her. Um, it's from The Legend of Star Crash. Um, I believe that is one of her books. Um, but it goes, so each round in the game, which is a century of life, mm-hmm. is when you are alive here on Earth. Your spirit is here playing the game. Then when you die, that is the end of that particular round. If you decide you want to play another round, then you are born again. Or if you want to drop out for a round or two, then you do. And time passes, and later on, if you decide you want to play another round of the game, you're born again. And and people usually ask, well, is this true? You know, how many souls are in existence versus how many people live on Earth? Yeah, the numbers don't add up, but not everyone who ever lived on Earth is living on Earth again. Right? You don't keep coming back. And also, there's a waiting list because a lot of people want to earn that badge of badassery of living on Earth as a human. Which um, comes to question about us, right? And how we have had, I want to say you had a past life regression session. I never have, but yeah. I've had flashes of memories of me and other timelines and stuff like that. And according to other psychics, even Mike that we met, that we keep coming back. Yeah. Again and again and again and again and again and again and keep always. And we've been doing this for, I don't know, thousands of years, maybe more. Yeah. Um, I had, I had a, I had a past life reading. Um, and I actually might share it on the Awaken series. I got to see if the psychic that did it was okay with me doing that. No. Um, but yeah, she regret or didn't, it wasn't like an actual past life regression because the regression is like when, you know, you yourself get pushed back there. Um, I, I've had, I've done it on my own a little bit sometimes. Like I know, I think I mentioned it on here about the Viking era where I was like a shield maiden and I died and it was like a betrayal thing. And apparently I go through a lot of betrayal mm-hmm. <laughs> in this life. And it's, um, and I even talked about it with Lauren too. Uh, not Lauren. I always call her Lauren, Laura. Bogan. <laughs> um but uh she was able to see like a native past life of mine where it was um someone in the it was a, a long time ago in the Pacific Northwest area like almost like in like Forks Washington like like twilight area <laughs> <laughs> I guess the best way to describe it that and then um I was a cowboy. I was actually I, I wasn't I apparently I haven't been a male very much, but I have been a male before. Um in past lives and it was where was I? It was like in New Mexico area. I was a cowboy. I was very like alone by myself. Um I was in love with somebody, but like I don't know. I don't know. It's weird talking about it because it was like, anyways. Um, and then apparently I was a, uh, professor. I was a female in the fifties 
when I was a professor at a college. And that's she also saw you in that lifetime. So Yes, my, my name was Wes. Be- yeah, my <laughs> name was Betty. So um I don't know. Maybe I can share that on the Instagram or something like that so you guys can hear like what she says just to get a perspective. So it was basically a past life reading. But But the the old saying that you've heard probably many times in your life is, Oh, he's an old soul or she's an old soul. That makes sense and when you think about in this life that you've lived and come back multiple times you're an old soul you've been here long and that's why usually old souls people you meet are very mature very wise very they have an older sense of mind even at an early age yeah because they they've done this well over out lost count many times and there's actually a guy on tiktok uh who really goes into and Dolores cannon's teachings michael um, armstrong, michael armstrong. Um, I said, uh, if you're really interested in learning more about this stuff like that, he goes in depth about a lot yeah. of things. Um, but I remember I came across his TikTok once in a while and I was like, oh, well, shit. And he, I mean, he talked about her, Dolores Cannon, but he talked about another person. I mean, this is Dolores Cannon's hour, but another person who followed the same studies as she did was Michael Newton. And he wrote a book called Journey of Souls. Um, follow the same thing. He went maybe a little bit in depth or different way of learning stuff like that. But, um, I can't remember if it was him or Dolores that came with the idea of the soul contract. I think it was Dolores Cannon. Cause was I, Dolores Cannon? Cause I watched yeah. a lot of interviews with her and cause she's honestly like, she's very interesting to listen to. It's almost like, like the best way, to, like when I see her, it's like your grandma. Like it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like she's just a very loving, you think, you know, um, so she's very entertaining to listen to, like, her lectures and stuff. Um, I know what got me interested with her was that I would see, like, random videos on TikTok. And it was just when I started looking into past life stuff. And it just, she just resonated with me, like, the stuff she was saying. Um, I haven't read any of her books. I really want to because I think, you know, it's interesting. Hypocrite shouldn't read the books. I know. Hey. <laughs> well, she has, like, I think she has, like. Nine or ten books. Yeesh. Like, there's a lot. Um, this is a Mike Newton guy. Um, but yeah. I mean, this is what we learned from the small amount of study you did. Right? Without even reading the books, this is what she's learned about the whole soul contract and the reason why you keep coming back and the reason what you learn to do. And some people have different soul contracts than others. Um, some people actually have jobs of why they keep coming back. And it's kind of what relates to us. Not to bring us back in the picture, but it's, it's understanding um, why you are you're here in a sense like that, and not saying everyone has a particular job to keep repeating over and over again. Um, and learning your soul contract, learning why you're here, learning the lesson, or learning anything like that is near impossible. Most people don't get either because they don't want they don't want to learn, or yeah, well, I would say yeah, but basically they don't want to learn. Because if you take time and study and meditation and trying to learn your your soul contract, your reason, your your why you're here, um, most people ask that question, why I'm here, and stuff like that. The meaning behind your current life is what the ultimate, I guess, what everybody wants to know. Yeah. And what we've learned is we are maintenance. That's why we keep coming back. We're here to clean up the mess, essentially. Um, and that goes with what we do with our paranormal team. 
but learning that uh, creates more peace in your life, essentially like that. And I'm not saying this is the only way, but it is a nice tool to learn of her teachings and stuff like that to figure out, you know, your past lives. Because we probably have come back multiple times. And that's where the whole idea of star children come from as well. Yeah, she talks a lot about that, too. Star children, the the idea of, of coming from other planets, star seeds, um, and all that. So, um, yeah, okay. Here's a quote. I literally have, like, a ton of quotes by her because like, <laughs> her quotes resonate so much with me in certain things. Like, I'll watch an interview and I'll be like, dang. And some of this, and some of the stuff, I, I don't know. It it, just, it it resonates. Anyways, um, uh, one of the quotes she has is: "Through the process of reincarnation, we have all lived on other planets and in other dimensions, and we will continue to do so after our lessons on Earth have been completed. Earth is merely a school, one of many in our long education." Hmm. And you know what I feel like though. Hmm. I've never left this planet. Yeah, some people haven't. Maybe you have more lessons to learn. Why am I stuck here then? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I keep, yeah, it's like, and how, well, people ask, well, how can you know? I was like, because I've had in meditation, by the way, I always suggest to the people. But, yeah, meditation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, in, my, in my meditation states, that I try to pull memories from the past and stuff like that for maybe a past life. And the farthest back I've seen, is to ancient Greece. It was a small flash of almost like a dream memory. You know, very blurry, very hazy and stuff like that. But in that three seconds that I get got to get to see something is me holding Gladius, right? Mm-hmm. The old, you know, gladiator swords, uh, feeling the helmet on my head. I felt like a Spartan helmet, essentially, or a Greek helmet and wearing the armor or clothing that a Greek soldier would wear and seeing you across from me. Uh, wearing like a uh, like a dress or something someone would wear from that period of time, and uh, you had your hair like I guess how Greek women would have it in that period of time. But I mean, it didn't look like you, but I knew it was you in a sense like that. But yeah, that's as far as back I I guess I went to even see a memory. I had yeah. flashback memories to meditation of the Viking era, of a Templar age, of the West. Um, hell, even recently. <laughs> Uh, funny enough, music always seems to be the key yeah, with memories with for me. me. Too, yeah. yeah. Um, hearing the song "Sing, Sing, Sing," a swing song, the old jazz song, mm-hmm. I had a flashback. Remember me standing in a club wearing a suit with a cigarette in my hand. By the way, I hate smoking more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, past life of me holding a cigarette in my hand and watching a big band play it for the first time. Yeah. In the 1930s. So. That was a strange experience. Yeah, like, some of the some of the past life, um, I don't know, some of the past life stuff that I've encountered it through meditation stuff is so vivid. Um, it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, another quote or another thing she talks about that I thought was interesting. Um, that I resonated with was anybody, and I will talk about it on the Awaken series, like after these episodes come out and all stuff like that. But, um, cause I really want to talk about dreams and the astral plane and all of that stuff because that, that is for me where I thrive. And I've been told by psychics, like, Hey, your, your biggest, you know, like, uh, message 
like getting a lot of messages, you know, like doing a lot of work is on the astral plane. Like that's going to be a big deal. And so as you know, like you advance your, um, stuff. So I have a lot of like, I guess I don't want to say research, but like a lot of things that I've experienced on the astral plane that I've put together and stuff that she says resonates with me and what I've experienced. And one of her quotes is, while the body sleeps, our soul or spirit is having many adventures. And we travel to the spirit realm to meet with master teachers and guides to obtain advice or to learn lessons. And also may travel to other parts of our world or even venture outward to other worlds and dimensions. And like when she said that, like it, it gives me, it gives me chills because there's been so many times like there was um a dream I had not too long ago and I think I've said it on here before but it was um we were in like downtown some kind of like place in China some it was me and you and we were walking through the like downtown area and there was like restaurants and stuff like that and we got pushed into this restaurant and it was you know like dishes clanking there was all sorts of like stuff being cooked and I see a group of men. I, I want to describe it as men in black. Like that when I woke up, that's what it sounded like was like, like the first thing that I thought in my head was men in black. And, um, there was a guy I described him. the best way to describe him is he looked like Kevin Spacey in a suit. And I remember you saying, Oh, wait, what the heck are we doing here? Like, what is this? And I was like, hey, don't, don't worry. Just listen to what they have to say. Apparently they have something they want to talk to us about. And we sat down and they were, you know, very serious, no joking, like business guys. And they opened up files. And I woke up. I don't know what the files are for. I don't know who they are. <laughs> but I woke up in my head saying, hey, they were the men in black. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that is. And I've had... Dreams of other beings I've had. I mean, I've gone to different places. I've, yeah, it's quite crazy. When it comes to dreams and, and understanding past lives and how it works essentially with that is most people, when I know they're thinking to themselves that they listen to this, is like, have I had past lives and stuff like that? Most likely you have. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it isn't obvious. Yeah. If you carry a skill or knowledge, or feeling towards something. Sometimes even phobias and fears that seem irrational to you. Like, I've never, like, a fear of heights, but you've never been anywhere high in your entire mm -hmm. life to have a fear of it. Mm -hmm. Maybe because you died from a fall, a high fall when you, in your past life. Like me, my fear of the ocean I had when I was young. Mm -hmm. Until recently, like five years ago. Yeah. Um, I had no rational, I lived in Texas, in the middle of Texas. The biggest things we ever had there were lakes. Mm -hmm. And those are barely like a 20 feet deep, maybe a couple stories. But I had no rational reason to be afraid of the ocean. I might have died in a past life in the ocean or yeah. something like that by sea. And that's what created that fear. Almost like a lesson learned not to do that again. Right. Yeah. And there's something that's always been a constant in my dreams. And it probably has to relate to what I was told through, uh, Mike, who's our lead psychic on our paranormal team. Mm -hmm. Um, is that we have been soldiers, warriors, fighters, essentially, every single past life we existed, mm -hmm. except this one. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's, there's a constant in my dream, not to brag. It's just, it's always how it's been mm -hmm. in every single one of my dreams. Every fight that I've ever been in my dreams 
with a person, mm-hmm. essentially, um, I've never lost. Yeah, and I can attest to this. This is even before his abilities. Yeah. I used to cop it up as like maybe because he would tell me his dreams and be like, "Oh, okay, Isaac, like, <laughs> okay, trying to be Mister Badass over here." Well, it's weird because it. like sometimes I would see myself in third person, like yeah. I'm watching a movie. Uh, sometimes I would see it from my own perspective, but always it doesn't matter how how many people I I was in a fight with. Like, 10 on 1, mm-hmm. I would never lose. Well, that's like, in my dreams, I'm extremely confident. Like, well, I... Everybody is, but... Well, some people are can't No, too. no, no. Like, I'm, I'm not confident, but, like, I stand my ground, and, like, nobody bothers me, and if, I, you know, I question things, and I have quick thinking. Not to say that I don't have that in, like, real life, but, like, I... I had a couple situations, like, when I was younger that kind of, like, beat confidence out of me almost um and so i i get very timid and have anxiety with certain situations but in my dream i'm like heck no i'm the boss here bitch let's go you know like i i'm very sure of myself and i wish sometimes that that would bleed into this reality Mm -hmm. so i'd you know be more confident and stuff like that but it's not actually i'm invincible in my dreams because i've had on two different occasions essentially a nightmare being chased by a giant bull yeah like an elephant sized bull black with like black horns and smoke coming out of its nose chasing me and it never catching me even like me like and most times i get away by like i don't know running somewhere he can't get me or the last time i ever had a dream probably was like 11 or 12 um floating not flying floating to on top of my roof of my my house i live in texas one yeah um but I guess that I accumulates to the fact that if I've been a fighter, essentially, in every single past life, I've accumulated different styles of fighting all in my, say, soul memory, however you want to say that. Um, but, and then, I remember, so you were saying something to me, I guess you'd learned about what Dolores Cannon said about spirit guides. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that that was probably her most intense, like... Um, I don't have the exact quote because it's in the it's in the uh, lecture interview with her. And if you look at she has her she has a channel. Granted, she's passed away, but mm. um, 2015. But she I think her daughter runs it. Huh? I think her daughter runs it. Yeah, I think so. Because um, mm. I think her daughter continued on her work. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, so basically, she says like you're never alone. Um, you always have, you know, guides, but you have to kind of basically call them in, like, um, and they can do wonders for you once you call them in, but they're not going to interfere because free will is another thing. And I know Mike is someone that he consistently talks about free will. Like You can have guides and you can have stuff like that, but they can't interfere. And so you have to be um, com- in communication with them and say that you want the help because they can't interfere. Unless you say something, because that's against free will. And that's almost like a, a kind of like the approach I, t- I take with my abilities is um, sometimes, I don't know if all psychics are like this, but I know with me, um, and I know with Mike too, you'll get a little like zap in your head when you're telling somebody too much. Because you have to have free will to be able to choose your steps going forward. Um like, you can ask for guidance, you can ask for this, but you ultimately, like, Mike has a lot of answers to things, but he's not just going to lay it out on the silver 
silver platter for us. Like, hey, yeah, by the way, the, the very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> like he knows. Like, if you ask him questions, he knows. But um, he doesn't. He wants us to be the ones to figure it out because it's essentially our journey. So with spirit guides, I mean, unless you you know consistently say, "Hey, guides, I want you to come in and do this." Hey, I want you to do that. Um, there was another guy, and I cannot remember his name, and I think, don't hold me to it, I think it's Brian Weiss, that kind of, like, um, he also pops up on, like, your For You page, if you look up Dolores Cannon, he'll pop up, but he also talks about spirit guides, and I have to look more into what he says, because he talks about something called the gatekeeper, which is essentially, like, a spirit guide, because, you know, you don't, you have spirit guides, but then you also have ancestral guides, you might have astral plane guides. So, like, when you go on the... Which I know, like, I, I've experienced that. I had different people on the astral plane guide me before. Teachers, masters, that kind of thing. Um, the one the one thing, uh, guide-wise, I could tell you... Uh, I guess what I was... Because you remember you were saying something to me. And we, were, we basically have talked about this a couple of times before. When it comes to spirit guides and stuff like that and what they are. And Mike always had the theory that spirit guides were your past versions of yourself in existence. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, were you telling me something about spirit guides? How their chosen spirits have reached the highest level. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that Brian Wise guy yeah. also said that basically spirit guides were once human. But they've reached a level of consciousness that is up there that they chose to be, or they have been given the role to guide other humans. And um, and everyone's assigned at least three. Yes. Some and it maybe could be more. more yeah. um, but at least three. And um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I've learned my three. Mm-hmm. Who they are. Or say what they are. Not who they are. Only two have revealed their names. The other, the other one's kind of quiet. But um, basically, like, I think I, said, I don't know if I said it before or not. But one is a, a Chichimeca a native of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were a tribe outside the Aztec Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of fall in the same category. They live near them. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a, a Viking, a Vikinger from the period of time. Um, I think he was a berserker. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of looks like God of War. Well, Kratos essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bald, big beard, you know, tattoos yeah. and stuff like that. Always so. swinging something. Yeah. yeah that's, um, that's what I've seen him as. I mean, I've never seen him. I've just, you know, stuff like that. And then the third is the one I've seen the most um, is the uh, cowboy from the West. Yeah. Who looks like the angel of death from uh, the Preacher series. The best yeah. way I can describe him. Yeah. Long black hair, big hat, dark cloak, jacket, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of a weird beard going on. Old beard. But. Those three are essentially those that were assigned to me. Um, and like every spirit guide, assi- spirit guides that are assigned to everyone, um, they're mainly there to guide you. Yeah. To help you on your path. Um, when it comes to whatever you're supposed to be doing. And you can call on them for advice and call them for any major questions you have involving your current situation what you what you plan to do with your life and stuff like that and i was already say most people don't acknowledge the spirit guides because a lot of people want to live inside the box yeah they do not want to talk about what we're talking about right now yeah and even you breaking the fourth wall here even you listening right now right essentially you have wanted to break the uh through the walls because you're fascinated with the paranormal you want to know 
what's out there. You want to know what, what's, what's hiding in the ether, essentially. And this is one of them. And it, there's things that I know when it comes to other paranormal podcasts out there, most of them talk from a, a spectator side. And some talk from those who are actually in the sport, like us. Um, not to diminish those who are spectators, essentially. But when it comes to breaking through the box and understanding things is what we, me and you, and our paranormal team do. Yeah. And the more we learn, the more we figure out stuff, like Dolores Cannon, the more we discover stuff is the more that there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff out there that there's we have lot, yeah. no understanding of. Yeah. And we try our best to understand. But what we learned about her, Dolores Cannon, resonates very much with us. Mm-hmm. And I think it's why you took so much a liking to her and stuff like that. Yeah. Because a lot of what she's saying makes sense about what we've experienced and what we've gone through. Yeah. Um, even because of Mike Newton, which we really, really read those books and figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah. I guarantee there's probably stuff in there. But, <laughs> um, but those are, I guess, with well, my spirit guides. I know, yeah. yours, you're, you figured I, out what, two of their names? Yeah, two names, but I know I have three. I've seen three, anyways. Mm. So I have Teshka. Who? <laughs> you look at me weird. I didn't give away my names, but if you want to do yours. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. Why I said, I don't know. I feel like okay. So he's the native. Uh, I don't know exactly where he's from, but it's like he's from the plain area, like uh, Oklahoma, like that area. Um, and he's kind of like my protector. He he he's got like I don't know, like typical like. Uh, buckskin pants on, and he's you know William Knightman. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but and then I have she looks like the best way to describe her is like a gypsy. Um, she's I believe she's Italian or from that region. Um, but they each I noticed they each kind of specialize in a thing like. I feel like the native guy, he kind of is more of the protector. He kind of tells me how to protect myself. Um, the gypsy lady, her name is Ananasia. And yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. So like they have to be names. I can't be making this up. You know what well, I mean? Well, my the very short names, very like five little w- words. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. That's what she told me, Ananasia. Mm. And, um, she is very like she's got huge like hair like curly hair like it's in like a typical like gypsy kind of situation mm. I like veiling because she was the one that brought a veiling to me like when I go out um and then the last one she's very motherly looking um the best way to describe what she looks like the only like the only like as soon as I saw because um, my grandmother watches the show Chosen, um, which is about, you know, like Jesus and stuff like that. And she looked identical to the woman that played Mary. Um, so in the series. So she, I don't know. And she's very, out of all of them, she's very calm, very, uh, it's more like motherly advice when she gives it. Mm. Um, she only comes in like when I really need it. Uh, it's mainly... Uh, on Anashia and Tushka that 
out of people out there like holy fuck what the fuck <laughs> especially if you're just like just slowly to like i just wanted to know about dolores kid and no well i mean this is what she talks about yeah spirit guide and stuff like that and soul contract and all because essentially when i said in the beginning when you die according to her you go amongst your your soul council your spirit mm-hmm. guides these are the ones you meet mm-hmm. and they're basically saying well we're trying to help you out with this but you don't want to fucking listen now, yeah. you gotta, now you gotta start over again like, damn it yeah right <laughs> um and you keep going back, and keep coming back, and starting over again, starting over again, and basically trying to learn a lesson from the last time you did it from the first time. Yeah. And there, there was I forget. I think it was uh, Michael Armstrong when mm-hmm. he was talking about this stuff. And one of the things he said makes a little bit of sense. And he says how you would meet someone in the world who's very immature, very selfish, very jealous, very angry. Right? Those essentially are new souls. They're new to this world. Yeah. Um, because they yet to learn the consequences of being that kind of person, of being uh, essentially a uh, a negative person in this world. Um, and they're relatively new souls to the ex- existence as people versus that are, you know, people who are, are, are not quick, quick to anger, who are very sound in their emotions, who are very smart, who are very just all around have it together, and they understand that you know there's no point to to being that kind of a, a, a negative person and stuff like that. Those are old souls, essentially, because they've been here multiple times. Um, I feel like after you said your spirit guys, now i got to say mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Chichimeca. Now, this is the name he gave me. I think he made it. He was trying to make a joke because he said the name was too long for me to pronounce. Um, Azul, which is Spanish for blue, which I thought was funny. Um, and then the uh, Vikinger. Uh, is Ogen. It's O G E N. Kind of like Odin, but with a G. That's how I can describe it. Yeah. Remember I said short? You know, not like a s- six syllable name <laughs> like yeah. yours. Which is crazy that he got that name because before, um, I was saying that I don't know why I kept, I told him, I was like, I don't know why I keep getting that one of your spirit guides is like, starts with an O, like Ozark or, or O something. Yeah, Ogen. Which I don't know any Viking or existence thing that. Uh. So one of the things that Dolores Cannon was big on is like the whole new earth thing and the waves of volunteers and stuff like that. Um, and um, on her website, you can actually go and read some blog posts by, um, it says this by Julia Cannon. I believe that's her daughter. Yeah. Um, but it was published July 3rd, 2013 on their website. And it was Transformation Releasing Fear and Karma. And I found a lot of their blog posts interesting. So if you do too, you know, go to their website. Um, but this is what she says. People on my lectures are always asking me what do they have to do in order to ascend to the next dimension and move to the new earth. They have said that there are two key things to let go of for the transformation to take place. One of the two things is to release fear. Fear is an illusion, yet it is the strongest emotion that a human can fear. Feel, sorry. It must be released or it will hold you back from transformation. Um, one thing that I, this is my own thoughts, this is not in the blog, but um, I 100% kind of believe that because um, one of the things that held me back a lot of the time was fear. And I'm kind of at during my like ascension journey and like spiritual awakening and all that stuff ability wise. One thing that I'm shedding a lot of is fear. Like I don't have fear of certain things. 
And um, like when I do feel fear, I'm able to calm myself down and understand why I'm feeling the fear and what I can do to help it. So I can tell you by reading that, that that is true. Like that is, that is true. Uh, think for yourself. Do not give your power away to anyone. Make up your own mind and discover your own truth. Do not let fear cloud your judgment so that you cannot think for yourself. Transformation from this uh, dimension to the next requires that you be free of fear. The second thing you must let go of let go of to experience evolution and transformation is karma. Uh, we accumulate karma by living many, many lifetimes on Earth, often with the same people repeating the same mistakes. This explains the term, the wheel of karma. We all have bad things happen in our lives. That is part of what life is about. I have found that we agree to experience these things and events in order to learn from them. If you learned even one thing from a difficult experience, that was the reason it happened. Transformation is a process of releasing fear and karma that is not always easy. During my lectures, I give people an exercise that they can use to release karma and assist their transformation. You do not need to confront the person you have karma with or speak to them face to face. They may not be available or they may have left this world. Before this incarnation, you made a plan for what you hope to achieve in this life and to agree to contracts with many souls to play parts opposite you on the earthly stage. Transformation can be brought about by releasing any negative karmic attachments. Picture the person you have difficult karma with in your mind standing in front of you. Say to them, we tried. We really tried. It is not working. I am tearing up the contract. I forgive you. I release you. I let you go. Go your way with love and I will go mine. None of this is easy, but it is essential to grow and realize the beauty of transformation. Yeah. Yeah. There was, um, what was it? I can't remember. It was Lord Cannon was saying something about how, um, I just, I just went, I guess, I guess a lot of things you talk about, but yeah. It kind of relates to what we talked about in the last episode. Because mm-hmm. um, Mary, she was saying that we keep coming back. And one of the final lessons that you're supposed to learn before you don't come back, essentially, and mm-hmm. you can finally rest, I think, I yeah. said, is, um, is manipulating energy. Yeah. Which we do. Yeah. And it's crazy because um, I did this this test with Isaac about uh i set myself into deep meditation and i had him ask me questions and i remember one of the questions that he asked or that we talked about afterwards was is this our final time on earth and i said yes um i've gotten that a couple times and i think i don't know i don't know what's gonna i don't i don't know what's gonna happen earthwise um but as for know. us yeah but no, i guess this lifetime is all about manipulating energy for us. Yeah. And anyone else out there who has energy manipulation abilities or EMAs, as I coined, which I want to try to trademark that before anyone steals it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Anyway. <laughs> um, but any other people who have energy manipulation abilities, EMAs uh, out there, uh, this it essentially is your final test of how you manipulate energy, control it, maneuver it, anything like that. Um, that is your final, according to her, according to her, all right, your final, uh, one of your final things that you must learn how to do. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, this might actually be a part two because there's topics that she has talked about. And I would honestly like to learn, like to read our her books. I think everything we talk about is part two. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I feel like we should read the books, both you and I, and then come back later and, and re-talk about it. Because, you know, um, because apparently she did, she did say something, I don't know, um, about reptilians in the Anunnaki soul contracts and extraterrestrial war, which I'm like, what, 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 what? that, what? I did not know about that. What? what? So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, apparently there, there's a lot, there's a lot. Um, oh, that we can talk about in an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Anywho. Yeah, we're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have to do it part two. I'd really honestly like to see our perspective change as we read the books. Yeah. So it'll probably be like <laughs> mid to late this year. And we'll probably throw Mike Newton in there too, because I want to read his books. Yeah. Um, he, he like he focuses if there's a, I guess a um a league or a, a family of people who uh all kind of talk about the same subject, he's in there. Yeah. Along with uh, the Weiss guy. Oh yeah, Brian Weiss. Yeah. But he's the older guy, right? I um, think so. Let me make sure. I'll... Oh, no, is there in the same vein of uh, people who know, really study yeah. the afterlife when it comes yeah, to the scientific, scientific method. Um, using Dolores Cannon's uh, method of, uh, uh, we call it hypnosis and past life repression. Yeah, he's still alive. Wouldn't that be cool to get him on? I don't know. If that... Shooting for the stars. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Speaking of which, we got a lot of good interviews coming up this month. Oh yeah, we have yeah. This first half of the year, there's a lot of good ones. So yeah, a yeah. lot of familiar faces, something. Yeah. So. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy this. Um, we do got a lot more coming out this year. A lot of part threes and fours, some part twos. Yeah. Um, of previous episodes that we've said we're going to continue, you know, and get back to. Yeah. Since last year was a little bit of a doozy, then. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're dealing with a big case, and if you want to yeah. go back and listen and to then, that. Yeah, you understand why. Yeah. And then I had, like, repetitive of Dark Knight of the Souls type situations. What? Yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's a psychic thing. Oh, okay, now you're talking about Um, Yeah, so look forward to that. So, always, guys, if you can check out our, our uh, social media, Hidden in the Shadows uh, podcast on Instagram, or Hidden in the Shaw 6 on Twitter, uh, Hidden in the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or links to all our social media, uh, HiddenInTheShadowsPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, has all links to where you can listen to us also and all our social media. Also, uh, our online store where you can buy some merch from us. We have a couple of short designs so you can check out and yeah. look and see if you want to rip our stuff. Yeah. Um, and as always, we'll catch your widows in the next one. Yes. Mom.